Rohani B. Dowell is an author of cozy mysteries and nonfiction for writers, as well as an editor and book coach. She hosts Book Echoes, a podcast about making and selling great books while building a workable, creative life. When not working, Connie is building raising two wiggly preschoolers and playing violin badly. Connie, what made you want to live a more creative life? Well, I don't think I actually had any choice. Uh, As far as I know from what my mother says, I was telling stories from the time I could first speak. I was making up stories about my dolls, about the tall building blocks that I would make in the living room. And as soon as I learned how to write, all I wanted to do was make books, make the thing that I was so obsessed with. I used to make books and some other writers of a similar generation might remember doing this too. I made books with staples and with dot matrix paper. And if I felt particularly proud of my work, I I would actually go through the effort of pulling all the little dot strips off of my little book. So it's just always been there. I definitely do remember having to pull the little dot strips off the paper. Um, I was so impressed that I had a printer for college, but yes, you had to go through that all the time to submit your papers. (laughs) Do you plan your projects in detail or go with the flow? And why did you make that your process? It's interesting. As I have changed and grown as a writer, my process has changed pretty dramatically and I'm sure it will continue to change again. When I was first taking this seriously as a younger person, my, I went with the flow. I didn't do, I might dream up a few key scenes, a few situations, some characters, a certain conflict, but mostly I was, writing by the seat of my pants and then I was getting stuck and bogged down and when I finally actually studied and analyzed story structure and started plotting I could finally get somewhere and produce a story that felt complete with a beginning middle and end so for a long time I was a very detailed plotter and I would plan a whole lot in advance and Then I found in recent years, I've gotten to do less and less of that, that I've started to internalize that structure. And I can, you know, have a few plot points and my outlines are much more bare bones and I can kind of wing it. That makes for a nice journey. And I think we do through our reading and through our writing and honestly, movies and television, we slowly do internalize narrative structure. Yeah, we do. Do you have another job? And if so, what are the pluses and minuses about that? All right. Well, I have really two other jobs. Um, I am both a, a freelance editor and a writing coach. And that is, it's hugely rewarding. I love working with other writers. I love working and watching how their stories grow, how they grow and change as a writer, especially um, new little baby 
copywriters as they start to gain that confidence and understanding. But um, it does take time away from my own writing. So I, if I'm going to give time away from my writing, at least it's for something that's really meaningful. But the other job that I have is that I've got two little kids, a three-year-old and a four-year-old. And well, let me tell you, that is, if everyone who's, who's been there knows that that is a job and a half by itself. Um, so it's, it's wonderful and inspiring and funny and frustrating all at, in one time. So. <laughs> what is something no one else knows about you that you wish other people knew and appreciated? Um, that's interesting. Uh, I think something that not no one else knows about me, but something that I think a lot of folks in the writing world who have heard me talk about, um, who've heard me talk about writing, about uh, cozy mysteries, about about parenting and and writing at the same time, as like not having childcare for your kids, they maybe don't know that I started out thinking I was going to be a children's author and illustrator. And my career went a really different direction. So I still love to illustrate in ink, in watercolor, especially. So that's something that I haven't put as front forward in my career, but it's something that actually I'm, I'm planning on doing in the next couple of years. So it, that cat is coming out of the box or out of the bag. What a lovely gift. I'm always impressed when people, even travel sketches, to be able to capture mm-hmm. something you see or something you imagined and put it on paper, I think is an amazing skill. Oh, that's the best. That is like one of the most fun parts of traveling when I get to actually really do that again um, is keeping a travel sketchbook and some portable watercolors and capturing what I see. What are your favorite inspiration prompts, productivity tools, or creative routines? I'd say the two number one things I'd go to as far as productivity techniques are writing sprints and dictation. So timed writing sprints are immensely powerful. And they're talked about a lot in the writing community for good reason. They will help you get your book done and get you from a place where you're thinking, gee, how can I put words on paper for for even five minutes at a time um, when you're feeling like that tense or blocked to actually being able to write an entire book? Because all you have to do is you can start really small time yourself you have to write for five minutes and a lot of times you'll find once you've written for five minutes then it's easy to go on for six minutes maybe the next maybe you do that for a day or two and you increase your sprint okay I'll write for 10 minutes and stop for five minutes then later I'll write for 15 and stop for five and soon you've got a good rhythm going and you can actually produce a significant number of words, but also it trains you to work in, in small chunks if you're someone who likes to work in big chunks, but maybe because of COVID lockdown and being trapped in the house with your whole family, you only get little bits of time. So you can train your brain to work better and get into the zone faster by doing sprints. Um, dictation as well for when like my kids were teeny tiny, I could get words in while they ran around the backyard and I could get words in while I chopped vegetables. So it's, it's a good way to get in those extra words. 
I think both of those are great tools to get over that hump. And sometimes it's easier to edit even a crappy first draft than a blank page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you got to have something to edit. What three things do you wish you'd known earlier in your creative journey? I think first, I wish I'd known that there was like no one right path. I hesitated to jump into self-publishing for far too long. I probably could have had a really good manuscript ready to go in the very early days of self-publishing. Like, I remember even considering it back in like 09 when it was really, really only just possible to self-publish on Kindle. But I stopped because I had been advised, if you self-publish, a traditional publisher will never have you. And that is just absolutely not true. And considering where my career has gone now, I thought, geez, if I had started in 09 instead of 14, I'd be five years further along. I waited for five years and I really shouldn't have. So the second thing I would say I wish I'd known was to not be afraid to pivot. Like I mentioned, I started think my career thinking I would be a children's author. And my first two books that are now being sold and marketed as cozy mystery, as historical cozies, I originally wrote those thinking I was going to hit a YA historical market. And I really wasn't finding those readers. I got good reviews on the books. But the, the readership that, that did find me were historical cozy mystery readers. So I eventually, and I should have done this earlier, I pivoted, I rebranded, I aged up the characters just a teensy bit, because as it turns out, it's not too hard. I didn't really mention age too much to suddenly go from like 17 to 18. And suddenly I had a historical cozy series. And again, if I had... If I had marketed it that way from the moment I realized I was on the wrong path, instead of clinging to that old idea, I would be so much further along. And the third thing I'd say is that I wish I'd known earlier is that no writer is an island. When I started self-publishing in 2014, I did what I thought was my homework. You know, I read a lot. and Everyone said, don't forget the marketing. Make sure you learn about marketing, 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 marketing. And didn't actually tell me how to market. But I think if I had reached out earlier to community of, of other folks doing this, there, you know, there were techniques. And it, it's harder because back then there wasn't as much really easily reachable and findable as there is now. But yeah, if, you're, if you are considering self-publishing or traditional publishing, either one, reach out and connect with other writers who are going through that same process to learn how it works and how to do it right. I do think the number of really good writing groups, either general writing and marketing or niched down by genre, there's amazing resources now. Yes, it's and amazing. People are happy to help and give you heads up for, oh, did you just know the Amazon advertising dashboard changed? Make sure to go click here and do this. I mean, you know about things as soon as they're happening for people who want to help and you know, think that everybody can get stronger at this together. Yeah, this community is so giving and, and instructive and helpful of others. And you know, if you just 
read a little on the surface. Um, I mean, nowadays you can still read quite a lot just from blog posts, but by really like finding those groups and getting involved, that's when you're going to get that up to the minute information. You'll, you'll be able to ask questions to answer questions of other people and give back and help. And yeah. So once you connect, it really changes. What is the latest tool or resource you've discovered? That's a tough one. And I'm actually going to kind of pivot a little bit. Um, this isn't a new discovery for me, but it's coming back to something old that lately I've been using a tool called Write or Die to get more writing expression. And it's a program. There's, there's a free web app and also a paid desktop app. I'm not sure how much the desktop app goes for these days. But uh, the free web app, you, you basically you type in your words on the screen and you're trying to hit a, a self-imposed goal of so many words in a certain amount of time. But if you stop typing for too long, a series of consequences will happen to you. <laughs> it ranges from like the screen flashing red to nasty noises being played in your ears to even like words being shifted around on the hardest settings. And I haven't had to use the hardest settings, even just like the noises and the red screen is enough to really motivate me to keep going. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. It really helps you get into those writing sprints. You are a far braver woman than I am. I've always <laughs> thought the idea of, wait, you're going to erase my words if I stop to think? Oh, heck no. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, you have to, there's different settings. So the hardest setting, the most difficult setting, is the one that will eat or rearrange your words. Uh, so far, I've only had it set to annoy me. And we are actually on the last question. What project or message do you want to tell listeners about today? Like I mentioned before, I, I do most of my writing with my kids bouncing around. Um, and especially right now with the COVID lockdown, we don't really have any kind of childcare. My husband is a teacher, so we can kind of shift back and forth during this summer, but in the fall, we, it, we won't. But I've, I've got a little bit of an advantage in that I've been in this situation before, and I've had to learn how to write without childcare while he was teaching and while we were recovering from some pretty tough stuff in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. So I, I wrote about all of that in an ebook called Writing Without Childcare. So that's some techniques that will help you get words on the page. Maybe not as many words as you would have done with childcare, but it will help you at least keep moving forward during these tough times. And I have got that available for free to um, subscribers at bookechoes.com slash writing without childcare. That sounds like it's going to be remarkably useful for an awful lot of people. I will make sure to put the link in the show notes. Oh, great. Yeah, I hope, I hope that it is. Well, Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great chatting with you. You've been listening to Pants On or Off, all about creators and the creative process. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future show, 
please drop by ellenwynbooks.com forward slash guests. Now, go out there and make something fantastic.